Welcome to this episode of NLN Podcast Nursing Edge Unscripted, the scholarship track. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Palazzo, a member of the editorial board of Nursing Education Perspectives. Nursing Edge Unscripted and our track entitled Scholarship celebrates the published work of select nurse educators from the NLN's official journal, Nursing Education Perspectives, and the NLN Nursing Edge blog. The conversations embrace the author's unique perspectives on teaching and learning innovations and the implications for nursing program development and enhancement. This episode, we will discuss the author's article, Innovative Use of Virtual Reality to Facilitate Empathy Toward Older Adults in Nursing Education. The discussion will focus on the unique findings of the authors who published the manuscript in this current September-October special issue of Nursing Education Perspectives. Our speaker today is Ms. Catherine Quay, who is an assistant clinical professor in the College of Nursing and Health Professions at Drexel University. Welcome, Ms. Quay. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Um, your article really uh, sparked an interest in us as co-editors of this special edition. And, um, you know, once we send it out for review, we're happy to get it back and, and have it in our issue. Um, could you please describe briefly to the audience your study and the themes that emerged from your research? Sure. So our study was a pilot study. And so we used a one group pre-test, post-test design, and we examined the effect of a virtual reality experience that we created on nursing student empathy towards older adults. And so um, I've lived in the gerontology space for about 10 years now in my career. And I observed just as many others I'm sure have that students really have these negative perceptions about aging and about caring for older adults. And so that was where kind of this project was came out of, was my desire to really change this. Great. Well, that is true what you just said, because, you know, I deal with uh, senior students quite frequently um, that are going into their internship. And, you know, most of them want to go into the beginning of life, not the end of life. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really unfortunate. And as you know, our population of elderly is increasing pretty dramatically and will continue to. And there's such a need for this. So I think this idea of introducing empathy and more understanding about the geriatric population can very be very helpful and also gaining some interest and traction in students maybe pursuing this direction. So please describe the VR development process and how the perspective taking was incorporated into that process, into the VR. Sure, sure. So um, I guess just a little bit about to how I kind of came to VR was um, when I started figuring out, trying to decide, like, how do I get my students right engaged and, and interested in, in caring for the older adults? It's the literature shows that immersive perspective taking experiences is really what um, kind of moves the needle in terms of facilitating empathy and even changing attitudes. And so with VR becoming more accessible to schools of nursing, I thought like, oh, maybe this might work. And so I went to my colleague, Dr. Rami Krishan um, Arun, and said, this is what I want to do. Can you do it? Because he had already been working with VR and, and some other faculty in the College of Nursing and Health Professions. And he said, of course I can. You need to go write the story, write, come up with a script and come back to me. And so that's really the first step of this process is looking at what are my learning objectives? 
And how can I create a story that's going to help meet those, you know, my students meet those learning objectives. And so that's how I started writing a story. The story has to be authentic. It has to be relatable. It has to be plausible. Right. And so I knew I kind of hit the nail on the head when after the first run of this VR, I had students coming up to me afterwards and was like, that story is something that I just experienced with my grandparents. Or I just saw, you know, saw my mother have to have this really difficult conversation with their parent. So I knew that I was on to something with that, with the story that we presented in the VR. It needs to be engaging and also needs to have an emotional component, right? If we're going to try to tap into empathy and possibly change some perspectives, there has to be some type of emotional and not just a here's their medical background, right? There has to be a story and and kind of a getting to know the character within the story. So kind of like a hook. Yeah, kind of, you know, there there needs to be a little bit of a problem. And then how are we going to address this problem? and, And why does it matter? And so we, um, and then always having some some other subject matter experts review, you know, review the story. And um, I actually had some older adults in my own family. I kind of gave them the story. So what do you think? Like, does this seem seem plausible and accurate? And then, um, and then it was all about so preparing for filming. Much like you would create a simulation, you have to start to prepare and think about. Where are we going to film it? What's the location? Mm-hmm. What's the environment need? What kind of props might we need? Do we need to hire actors or are we going to use nursing faculty and students? Do we need SPs? So you kind of have to go through that preparation. And, um, and I'm going to say that this whole process came together very organically for us. But now looking back on it, we've really like kind of put it this step by step process together. Um, and then you film it. And so the filming is, um, always plan more time than you think it's going to take because it definitely takes a bit of time. And um, and then we filmed third and first person perspective. And that's where we really brought in that perspective taking aspect of this virtual reality. So the um, they require a little bit different filming methods. So third person perspective is we use an iPhone on a tripod is how we film the scene. And this can be done um, up to 360 degrees. So for our VR in, that we used in um, that we used in this study, we did 180 degree just because of the environment we were in. But you can do this as 360. And so in the third person perspective, the learner is going to feel like they are in the space with the characters. Oh, great. OK. And so it's it's not computer generated. It's real like a real movie. And so they feel like they're in the space. They're not interacting with the characters. They can't interact with the environment. OK. But they're there observing and seeing things unfold. Then the first person perspective for filming, we actually use a head mounted gear that you can put the iPhone right in. And then so for our VR, the older adult put this little head mount on, put the iPhone right in it. And then we refilmed the same scenes from the older adult's perspective. And so in the VR, when the students get, they see both, they'll do the third person and then they get to experience some of the first person perspective. And so when they're in that first person perspective, that's where they are really in the shoes of, you know, for us, it was the older adult, but for whoever your main character is, that's when they are in those shoes, experiencing some of these scenes from through their eyes, really. And that's where that perspective taking really comes to life for yeah, them. Sure. Yeah. And um and so in our VR we were then after you do the filming you then go into your editing process. 
And so that's where you can add in some different effects, um, cut it down, make sure it's not too long. Like, you know, we always want to keep things kind of short and right to the point. And, um, and for us, that's where we added in some of the sensory changes. So the students are in the first person perspective and they're experiencing some visual age related changes. Okay. And they're experiencing some auditory age related changes. And so that's where, again, that perspective taking really comes in. Um, I don't know what else can I add to that. Um, well, about, I, I really appreciate you talking about the first and third perspective and the difference yeah. between the two and how both of them um, are, can be used to really engage the student in a way that's a, is authentic or more authentic, right? Mm-hmm. So what uh, talk a little bit about the logistics and you know it's a great idea, um, great concept. You know, what is the time, the cost, the training involved? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, how are you using this for clinical hours? Sure. So um, in regards to the logistics, it's I'm going to say the way we filmed ours. And if you're using the VR for this type of of learning, I think it's it's very manageable. It's, um, you know, I created the story. I wrote the story. We hired we had two SPs. And then we actually had two students who volunteered because we actually have a little flashback in there. So we have them as like their younger selves. So we had a couple of students who who volunteered, but we hired two SPs and two standard standardized patients. patients. Yeah. Um, So actors and they and I just did some training with them. Uh, You can do it virtually at this. We actually filmed this during um covid so everything was done virtually until the actual day of filming and so a little bit again just helping them prepare the script what's the feeling what's the emotions going on in the scenario just like you would for a simulation really Mm -hmm. when you're training standardized patients and then um and then the filming is is probably the most time consuming. I'm going to say it took us about eight hours to film okay. this. And this piece is is total when we're running it is about a 20 minute VR from from really getting them set up with the equipment until they're taking the, the headset off is about 15 to 20 minutes. So but that took about eight hours of filming. So, so, you know, um, that's the logistics in terms of time to do it in terms of clinical or I guess um like how they counted for clinical hours, I think was the other part of that question. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um you can I think CVR is one piece of really like a holistic way to present the curriculum or to you know achieve your outcomes. So I have used this VR um, in a multi-layered simulation. And so there's other things that the students are doing as part of that simulation. And mm-hmm. so we count that as a full clinical day. It right. ends up being, it's about four hours, three and a half hours total that they're at the sim lab. And um, and that counts as a full clinical day. I've also used it as part of class. So where I've been able to have students rotate through the VR lab and then come back to class. And um, and we've used it just within our, our course content. So there are options. <laughs> there are, are you options doing a pre-brief and a, and a debrief with them? So yes, we are now for this study. We didn't. We were just pilot study. Just let's sure. see if this if this intervention does something does what we want it to do, right? Um, yes, but yes, we have a pre-brief and then we do have a debrief. And that's the great thing with VR is that you can either debrief right away. 
Mm -hmm. Or you can have them, you know, if you have a VR lab that they can go in and watch it and then they can come back to the class the day after and you can debrief as a whole group. And so um, so I do it. I do it right away because it's part of our our simulation day. But VR kind of gives you some options in that you you can do it in the classroom a day later. You can do it right away. You have those those again, that convenience of using it. So talk about briefly about how you measured it and what you were measuring and how you measured it. I think that's important too. Sure. So um so we measured for this st- particular study, we used the Kirzma Chen empathy scale. So we did pre and post test. And um, and then we also did as part of our demographic, we also a questionnaire, we also looked at have they used VR before? And so um we wanted to really see now. Most of the generation we're working with now in nursing school, they've all used VR. And, you know, I'm in the undergraduate space. They all have multiple, um, multiple experience with VR. So we didn't really have any, we didn't notice, see anything in our results in regards to that being, having any type of confounding variable or any effect on Mm -hmm. the results. And then, um, but we did see a significant improvement in empathy after the VR intervention. And so, um, so that was pretty exciting. And we do have other studies in the works. So. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> I, I like that you measured something other than student satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. You know, you were measuring an, a very specific outcome that's related mm-hmm. to patient care. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that was really attractive about your, your uh, research here that you did. Tell us a little bit about what you're going for, what you're doing going forward with this work. Sure. So, um. So I actually am currently writing up a study that we conducted earlier this year where we did an actual um, control group study. So we compared the the VR intervention with an actual narrative case study. So the case study was just the story presented in VR, but presented in writing. And so we're currently writing up those results in terms of we looked at empathy and we looked at ageist attitudes. And then we also looked at student engagement in um, it's called narrative engagement is the concept. Okay. And so we looked at that and yeah, I'm not going to give anything away. Just oh, yet. you're going to hold that. For, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to look forward to hearing the results of that or beating the results of that. I anticipate it'll be somewhat exciting. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so it was, um, so that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to use VR and different ways to use it. So this is just one, one way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's great. We need to be more creative with our simulation space. And, um, you know, as we all are very well aware, it's becoming much more difficult to get clinical experiences Mm -hmm. out there in our communities. And, um, you know, a lot of the research that has come out has, has suggested pretty strongly that, you know, simulation is is just as good to get students mm-hmm. to the outcomes we need them at. At 50%, you know, is what they're looking at. But some of the states now, I know Washington State's putting a proposal forward to their legislation about counting simulation, every simulation hours as two hours of clinical mm-hmm. because it's such a concentrated and intense experience. And uh, yeah. so I'm really looking forward to this space just continuing to evolve mm-hmm. and develop and really help us uh, meet the needs of our students 
in, in the clinical setting. So, well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Ms. Quay, I really appreciate your time and expertise in sharing this work and broadening our understanding of this work and how we can begin to introduce this in our own institutions. I think you were very helpful in giving us some ideas there. To our listeners, if you have not had the opportunity to read about this work, you will find the manuscript published in Nursing Education Perspectives. Again, it's innovative use of virtual reality to facilitate empathy toward older adults in nursing education. And you'll find it in our current special issue, this September, October issue of Nursing Education Perspectives. And thank you very much again, Ms. Quay. And thank you thank to you. listeners. Uh, we appreciate you and spread this uh, broadly and widely. Thank you again. Thank you.